going to be uh, covering a lot of ground today in Genesis because uh, we have just a few messages left and we're just talking about some of the main characters uh, throughout the, the book. It's 50 chapters. Uh, but uh, this is a, an odd story. It's a little like, what in the world is going on here? Uh, and so it's just a little bit different. In fact, what I'm going to do is, is we're going to read kind of the end and, and then get an idea of, well, how did we get there? Uh, uh, and so we'll, we'll, it's a spoiler, okay? I'm going to give you a spoiler of what happens uh, to Jacob. We're going to start looking at his story uh, as well. So in Genesis 32, here's what happened. And the same night he arose and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 children and crossed the ford at Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him. I mean, isn't that what you do whenever you meet someone, right? You just start wrestling. Uh, you, you just see, it's, what, what's going on here? Uh, a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day of the day when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob he touched his hip socket and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him and he said let me go for the day is broken but Jacob said I will not go unless you bless me so how did he end up there with this encounter now this wrestling match it's going to leave Jacob changed in many different ways for starters it's going to leave them uh, with a limp after that point, as his hip was taken out of joint. Uh, and so that'll be a constant reminder. Later on, we're going to read that he's going to get a new name. That's a, that's a heart change. And then also a national legacy because the people of Israel declare that they don't eat these, the, the, the sinew or the, the hip joints of an animal because of this issue. Uh, and and we actually did that something like that as a family. One day my son was coming up from South Carolina and he was in Somerville, West Virginia. You know where that is? Okay. And there's a sheets there and he stopped for gas and then the car would not start. And he, it was at pump 12. And so whenever we're driving down there, we never stop at pump 12. It's just, <laughs> yeah, I, it's a gag, right? I know, I know it's not a curse or anything, but that's just kind of left in our family. Well, the same thing with Jacob's family. They never eat from, from that part of an animal where the hip joint is. Uh, it's just kind of a legacy. Um, so uh, with whom was he wrestling? And again, as we see more, we read around, read the context. It's something called, it's a it's many syllabic word. It's called a Christophany. And there are times, and we've talked about them before, where Jesus appears in the Old Testament. Uh, the, the clearest one, the most laid out one, I think, is Melchizedek, because the book of Hebrews explains clearly that that was Jesus living in the town of Salem, which later comes to Jerusalem. Like, what was he doing there? What was he talking about with people? We don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. Um, but there are times when you see people, these beings called Lord uh, in the Old Testament, and it they, they are likely times where Jesus appeared. Now, he wasn't, he appeared as a man, but he wasn't a man. He wasn't a man until he was conceived in Mary's womb. 
but there are these appearances of him at that time. So uh, what led Jacob to this part? Let's get now into his origin story and back up. Uh, uh, we're going to read some passages and some I'll just describe to you. Way back in Genesis chapter 5, we've been talking about Abraham and the promises that God gave to him and that he had his promised son, Isaac, and so forth. Uh, well, in chapter 25, Abraham now dies. He is passed on and he has his son Isaac marry a woman named Rebecca. Now, what's interesting is like Sarah, Rebecca was also barren. And so they, they, they weren't having any kids. Now, just like with Isaac, to pass on this blessing of a, becoming a nation and you, you know, you'll be a great nation, all these things, they're going to need to have a child. They're going to need to have a son for all these things to pass on to them. Isaac prays, though, for 20 years that Rebecca would have a child, and he knows that he must have one. At some point, they got to have a son uh, to have these promises fulfilled. Kind of sounds familiar, right? I mean, this is what his dad went through. Now Isaac and Rebecca are doing the same thing. Well, God answered in a big way. She has twins, and in her womb, there's this conflict growing between these two boys. Uh, their names are Jacob and Esau. And Rebecca's a little bothered by this. What's going on in her womb? And ladies, I mean, if you've had children, you know when they start rolling around, it, it's like, this, what's going on there? But imagine having your two boys fight in your womb uh, and, and how that would have been. Well, in verse 22 of chapter 25, this children struggled with, within her and she said, if it is thus, why is this happening to me? So this was unusual. This was not just your normal movement with these two kids. And she went to inquire of the Lord. Good idea. And the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb and two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other. The older shall serve the younger. And that's important because Normally, the older, the firstborn, would get the, the main inheritance. It would pass on to him. Uh, that was his right. But these are very different siblings uh, from almost every perspective. Uh, different doesn't mean better, but they were, just, they were different kinds of men. Esau, it says, he was kind of red, reddish tone in his skin, and he was very hairy, just one of these guys that, you know, long beard, long hair, uh, all over him. He was, he was the hunter. He loved to go out and hunt, and uh, just that was his thing. He was always happy if he was out in the wilderness hunting. Uh, and we would say today, like, he was kind of that, that jock, that burly man, you know, kind of thing. Well, Esau, or Jacob, was different. Jacob had, was more physically, kind of more smooth skin, kind of the inside kind of guy, whereas Esau's hands was probably, you know, calloused and hard, while Jacob's hands were soft. He wasn't a guy who did a lot of work with his hands. Again, no one's not better, they're just different. Jacob was a chef. You know, he, he worked at home. And then their parents, their parents, unfortunately, uh, played favorites, uh, Esau was Isaac's favorite. Jacob was his mother's, Re Rebecca's favorite. And so that's how it was. And 
so Esau actually technically was firstborn. And you think, well, he wasn't firstborn by much. Regardless, he was firstborn. You only get one kid at a time, right? Uh, being fortunately, right? <laughs> Imagine having two at the same. But Esau came out first, and so he was the firstborn. All the blessings from Abraham to Isaac should go to Esau. That's the birthright. That's the promise. That's kind of the tradition. I don't know if you call it a law, but they should have gone to him. But these two boys had an incident between them. Uh, God in his sovereignty picked Jacob. Why? The answer, because. I mean, later in Romans, we read that God says, uh, Esau, I hated Jacob, I loved and so forth. But he just, he chose him. And Paul brings out in the book of Romans, he says, God just chose him. That was the one he was going to put his, his promises on, the second born. All right. However, no one else really knows this at that time. Well, Esau is out doing his thing. He's out hunting, doesn't eat all day. He comes back and he says, I'm starving. Now, really? Now we know we know what it is. Like maybe you're a bit real busy and dinner comes along and you realize you haven't eaten most of the day. I'm starving to death. No, you're not. You know, we can go weeks without eating. Uh, so he wasn't on death's door. It was an exaggeration. You know, when your kids come home from school, I'm starving to death. No, you're not. You know, and along with that, there's nothing to eat. It's like, well, there's nothing to eat that you want. But there is food in the house, right? What was this, some guy who survived on ketchup? Uh, you know, here, have some ketchup, kid. There. Um, he comes in, he's exaggerating. Jacob, his name means supplanter. He was a trickster. He was a controller. Uh, and he spots an opportunity here. Now, was he kidding when he makes this, offers this deal, or was he really hoping that Esau would take the bait? But he says, hey, you're starving. I just made some soup. How about you sell your birthright to me for some soup? And Esau takes the deal. Wow. And later, I can't remember the exact scripture, but it says Esau despised the blessing because he sold it so cheaply. And he said, I'm going to die. I'm, I'm sure. What good's my birthright if I'm dead? You're not dying. You're just really hungry at that, at that moment. Sells it too cheaply. He doesn't value it as he should. All right. So that's some of the backstory. Again, remember, we're leading up to this wrestling match for it, thinking of Jacob's heart. <clears throat> Genesis now 27. We're going to scooch forward several decades. Now think, I know, it's hard just flying by. Isaac is old. And he's thinking about, okay, I got to pass on this blessing from God to Esau. He doesn't know anything about the deal the boys made with the soup. All right? Um, he calls in Esau. He says, Esau, my son, it's time for me to formally pass the blessing on to you. Um, here's what I want you to do. You know, I, I love it when you go out and you get some wild game and go out, get some game, cook it up for me, 
and I'll eat it from, from your hand and, and, you'll, and I'll bless you. I'll give you the blessing that my father Abraham gave to you and I'll pass it on. He said, oh, great. So he goes out. However, his wife Rebecca sees this. Now remember, they're playing favorites. She wants Jacob to get the blessing. She says, here's what we're going to do, Jacob. We're going to fool your dad. We're going to fool dad. I know what he likes. I know the meal he likes. I'll make something up while your brother Esau's out there trying to find something. We'll, we'll get this stew ready and go in there. And Esau says, wait a minute, wait a minute. He knows the difference between us. Oh, forgot to point out, Esau's eyesight has failed. Or not Esau, Isaac's eyesight has failed. That's hard to say. Isaac, I. Isaac's eyesight has failed. You try it. So, he, but, but, but they're not the same, remember? Jacob is very smooth-skinned. Esau is very kind of a furry guy. So they are, don't worry, we'll take care of it. We'll get some of your brother's clothes. They put some uh, goat hair, goat skin on his hands and comes in. He goes, Jacob said, if this doesn't work, dad's going to curse me, not bless me. It works. Isaac wasn't quite sure, but it works. And he passes on the Abrahamic covenant to Jacob. And just as he does that, just as he's finishing, in comes Esau. And he's seeking the blessing. He, it, Isaac says, I can't give you this because I've already gave it to your brother. And this causes obviously a big uh, uh, conflict between the boys. And you think, what a dysfunctional family. And you would be right. Uh, they were. Jacob has, uh, Esau is threatening to kill him. And this, I think he was serious. It's not when siblings say, oh, I'm going to kill you. I mean, he meant, I'm going to kill you. So Jacob flies. He goes off to Rebekah's family of origin, uh, finds a, a wife, actually a couple of wives for himself. But uh, there's no evidence for Jacob's faith at this point. He's just kind of living on his own wits, uh, tricking people. He relies on his cleverness and schemes, but he's living up to his name. Supplanter, deceiver, stubborn, controller, jealous. Um, he goes, finds, uh, ends up marrying um, Rachel and Leah, and then has children from them, also has children for uh, with their maids. Remember the whole story with Hagar that if the maid servant has children, they, they're, they're part of that same family. So really he has four mothers for which are having children. Um, four wives. Wow. Okay. Um, but and it doesn't say, you know, whether that was okay or not. But here's what's happening. He has 11 kids. Actually 12 when you count their daughter. And so now we're starting to do the math. Because remember when he had when Abraham had Isaac, that's not a nation. When Isaac had even his two boys, that's not a nation yet. Now we're going to eventually end up with 12. Oh, now, now this is going to grow exponentially where they're going to be a nation of Israel. Uh, their names, you hear names like Reuben, Judah, Naphtali, um, Benjamin. Those become eventually the tribes of Israel. So as you're reading through the Old Testament and you hear the tribe of 
Judah that originally was a person. It just means the tribe of Judah are Judah's descendants. Okay, a little, just a little knowledge base for you there. Um, so that's where we're at. Now, Jacob has a dream in chapter 28. It's going to read 12 through 17. A bit of an unusual story. And he, that is Jacob, dreamed. And behold, there was a ladder set up on earth, and the top of it reached the heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. So it's a ladder with these angels going up and down this ladder. What, is, what does that mean? No. I had a dream last night, and I, I, I dreamt I was, was in the kitchen, and I had a jar of that, mar you know, marshmallow comes in jars, and something told me to put it, and I put it down, and the jar exploded of the marshmallow. I have no idea what that means. I don't know what God was trying to tell me through that one. But Jacob's having this other dream with a giant ladder, angels going up and down on it, and behold, the Lord stood above it. He's encountering the Lord through this dream. I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your offspring. Your offspring, this should all be sounding familiar to us. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. In, in you and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed, right? It's almost exactly what he told Abraham and what he told Isaac. Verse 15, behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place this is none other than the house of God and is the gate of heaven. So it's his first encounter. This ladder, again, if we're trying to interpret it, is some kind of access to God. Uh, and many people fail, and I, I tend to agree. Jesus uh, tells, I think it's Nathaniel in John 1, he says, you'll see the angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man, meaning himself. So, in the, so Jesus is the ladder. It's how we have access to God. But we can get into that more. But see, on one hand, God can work with anyone. Jacob's a jerk. Jacob's, he's a trickster. He, even a weak person of weak character. Even someone who is raised in practicing dysfunction. Uh, but this encounter changes him. He encounters the living God. So on one hand, God can work through anyone. But on the other hand, God works in hearts. He's different. He's starting to learn about what God is like. By the way, we didn't get into it too much, but, you know, there's that saying, what goes around comes around. Well, for Jacob, he was, he tricked his brother. Jacob got tricked badly. You know, he, he was supposed to get Rachel as his wife. And, you know, tent was dark and finds out it was the sister Leah. He had to work seven he worked seven years for Rachel, and then he had to work another seven years for her. Laban is a tricky guy as well. And so he, he kind of got a taste of his own medicine. So he marries them with multiple children, and now the nation's building. Now, whew, 
That's the journey he's been on. This story can be emotional. On one hand, he's a villain. Jacob's a villain. On the other hand, he's a victim. But he's the child of promise given to Abraham. And he's going to face many obstacles. There's, I didn't look up the exact passages, but later on when Jacob visits Pharaoh, he, he, he talks about his life. And Pharaoh asks, What's your life, how's your life been? And Jacob says, it's not been good like my father's. And a lot of it, he has to look to himself for what he's done and what people have done to him. Abraham had a, was full of life, but Jacob doesn't have that. Problems are going to come from himself. They're going to come from others. And he's one of those characters where you know, do you root against him or do you root for him? I remember as a young, young boy when, when Luke is saving Darth Vader. It's like you've hated this guy for three movies and now all of a sudden you're hoping he lives. You know, who do you root for? He has a, <clears throat> another encounter later with Esau. Remember Esau wanted to kill him last time he talked to him. Uh, and Esau is changed. I'm jumping actually beyond the wrestling story. Um, but Esau himself seems to have changed. Remember, God is going to bless him also make him into a nation. Jacob's not so sure. He's a little scared because he finds out, your brother's coming with 400 men. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, but it turns out it was, he misunderstood completely. All right, well, let's get back to this wrestling match. Because there's a lot of water under the bridge once we reach that. The nature of God we see in Jacob's life, he was faithful. So regardless of the kind of person Jacob was, God says, I am promised. I will make these promises come true. I promised your grandfather. I promised your father. And I'm going to promise them to you too, Jacob. And he's also patient. He could have written them off, but he did. And he also pursues them with a dream. He wanted to show Jacob a couple things with this wrestling match. One, that he's in control. I mean, all of his life, Jacob's trying to pull the strings. Jacob's the one who's trying to hold on to control. And we could be like Jacob, which is starting on a journey where it's like, I don't want to go out where I don't know what's going to happen, where I don't know what's going on. Uh, we want to take control. And we get to ask ourselves, if, I mean, if you're a control freak, Jacob's story might not sit well with you because he was a control freak too. Let's go back to the wrestling match in chapter 32 because I stopped reading at verse 26 and he that is this angel of the Lord Jesus said to him what is your name and he said Jacob and he said your name shall no longer be called Jacob but Israel for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed we'll talk about the name in a minute then Jacob asked him please tell me your name but he says, why is it that you ask me my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the, the place um, Peniel, saying, for I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. The sun rose up upon him as he passed Peniel, limping because of his hip. Therefore to this day, the people of Israel do not eat the sinew of the thigh that's in the hip socket, nor do they go to pump number 12. That cheats, okay? Because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, the sinew of his thigh. All right, so he's renamed Jacob. 
Jacob means supplanter, but now he's going to change it to Israel. A uh, little bit of Hebrew lesson here for you. The name El, whenever you, not, maybe not whenever, but whenever you see El at a name, it means God the Most High. I'm really excited after Easter, we're going to do the Names of God series. And we're going to talk about El. We're going to talk about um, uh, um, Yahweh and all the other different names for God. Because I think we need to know about God. I think we need to, because the more we know about him, the more we're going to worship him. Enough of the commercial. But Israel means wrestles with God. He changed his name from supplanter to wrestles with God. And when we encounter him, we're changed as well. And as you, as you think of that name, the whole nation of Israel, that name fits for them. Now, they had some great success in their history the book of Joshua, um, the, the, the kingdom of, under David, most of the time under Solomon. Uh, there were some other good high points where they were following the Lord, they were obeying him. But the majority of time, the nation is wrestling with God. They lived up to their name. Even to this day, they are in a way wrestling with God. Uh, he also, uh, Jacob names the place uh, Peniel. There's the E, you see that again, E-L at the end. Pay means face in Hebrew. Um, I, I, I don't know the verb, but I think it's seeing the face of God in there. So that's why, remember, names mean things for them. Well, living up to a name, your old name or a new name. For the believer in Christ, you've been adopted You've been, you, you take on now this new name to a new family. Which will you bear? Uh, if, you, if you're trying to still control the things, you gotta remember you're part of a new family. You have a new name instead of trying to handle it on our own. If we're trying to control and manipulate things like Jacob did, do we need to learn that you should? Don't wrestle with God. Do we need to remember that God is close, that God is with you, that God has made promises all along? Wrestling with God. What do we wrestle with God over today? Well, I'm sure there's lots of things we've all wrestled with God. Maybe we wrestle with God over comfort, that we, we enjoy our comfort uh, this morning I, I, was, I was up and I was getting up and, and turned the water on and I thought that's really cool that I could get a glass of water right here inside my house. And then what, if, what if, you know, wells, you know, they sometimes go out and what if my well goes out we're without water for a few days? I wouldn't like that too much. But there are other comforts. There are things where God is leading us in a way. It's like, that's outside my comfort zone, God, so we wrestle with him. Mm. Okay. I might have to be put in a position where I'm not liking it or there's going to be conflict. We can wrestle with God over our circumstances. Why is this like it is? Why is that like it is? Why is this relationship like it is? Why, why are, we, are we short of money again at the end of this month. Um, we could also wrestle with God over our future because we don't know what's going to happen 
in the next minute or the next hour or the next week or year or decade. But we worry about them. We also tend to worry about our own kids and our grandkids is what's going to happen with them? How are they going to grow up? What are they going to be like? Or we see tendencies in them and think, ooh, what, is that going to continue as they get older? And we're not sure. We're wrestling with God regarding the future. It's unknown. It's unknown. We're going to make decisions. I was talking with a young man a few weeks ago about his future. And he goes, I just don't want to fail. He's He's scared about failing. I don't want to waste time in my life. I don't want to pursue something and then find out it was a dead end. Like, well, you don't know. Yeah, it's easy to look back. What, hindsight's twenty twenty. We wrestle with God. You can try that if you want to wrestle with God. You can try. But I will tell you who will most likely leave a mark on you. If you encounter him, not saying you're, he's going to break your hip, but he's going to leave something on you. But normally it's a reminder for him. Uh, and I think as I was thinking about the times I've wrestled with God, and I, I think the clearest case for me, and many of you are familiar with this, is even 10 years ago when our son was diagnosed with depression. And to see, you just hate seeing your kids suffer, right? And I was wrestling with God. Because we were, I mean, we were praying, we were fasting, we were doing all kinds of things to uh, bring relief and, and getting help and uh, professional help and otherwise. And I prayed often. God, almost literally this prayer, Give me a hundred times of his pain if you'll just cut his in half. Just, just let me take it rather than see him go through that. And we wrestled. And to the answer to that prayer, God said no. But now we're looking back. We're looking back. Mike's doing great. It's always something he's got to worry about, but he's doing so well. But we wrestled. I wrestled. I was at times mad at God for making my kids suffer. Wrestling. But I found out that he was faithful. He healed. Maybe he wouldn't heal. Maybe not. There's a great verse, and actually there's also uh, a hymn that I thought of this morning. But Psalm 4610. It's familiar to a lot of you. I'll just, I, it's not going to be on the screen. I just have to learn my Bible books here really quickly. There we go. Be still and know that I'm God. Other, other translations will say cease striving. I don't know if that's the same word as that still or striving. I don't know if that's wrestling or not. But the... The psalm is about God being our refuge, our present help. It's about him. And when we encounter him, and yet we wrestle about our circumstances or what we're going through or what's going on, God finally says, be still. Be still. Even when there are chariots coming, when, when wars are coming, but be still, 
know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted among the earth. Verse 11, the Lord of hosts, that's another name of God, is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. We have to be, when we're, when we're wrestling, we could be thankful or not thankful. And regardless of what those wrestlings are, a hymn came to mind today, and I, if, if I would have thought of it a few days ago, I, we might have actually sang it, but I just thought of it this morning, so sorry. Um, it's a 120-year-old hymn written by Adelaide Pollard. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yielded and still. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Search me and try me, Savior, today. Wash me just now, Lord, wash me just now. As in thy presence I humbly bow. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Wounded and weary, help me, I pray. Power, all power, surely is thine. Touch me and heal me, Savior divine. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Hold over my being, absolute sway. Fill with thy spirit till all shall say, shall see, Christ only always living in me. Christ only always living in me. Having, our, having his way in us. If you want to wrestle, go ahead. But be with him. Even if, even if that wrestling is long and hard and you end up being a little beat up and bearing a few scars from it, encounter him, know him. That's what happened to Jacob. He was indeed changed by his encounter with God, whether he was wrestling or not. Let's, uh, let's take some time in prayer and have some ideas based on this story. First of all, just a praise to God that he impacts individuals, families, churches, and nations. He touches people and groups. Wow. He keeps his promises despite us. So even in our failures, he will bring forth his promises. And then finally, let's pray that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if you'd like to pray, go ahead today, and I'll close this in a little bit. If you don't want to pray out loud, just please pray, pray quietly with us. I believe that because you are so great, you don't interact with your people. Yet, Lord, you are great, and you are beyond us, but you are also close. And so I, I am grateful that you... You've spoken to me, you've spoken to my loved ones, you've spoken to us as a church and as our families and, in, and to nations. Lord, you've done that. And so you um, love us enough to, to bring correction, bring direction. Uh, and even though, Lord, there are times where we've wrestled against those and asked why, we, we acknowledge that uh, your promises are always true. And it's not about us. It's not about us getting what we want or getting our desires met. Lord, it, it is fulfilling to do your will, to, to follow you, and to, uh, even when we wrestle, to come around and say, that will be done. Have thine own way, Lord, in us. Have thine own way.
In Jesus' name, amen. Alrighty, as our worship team comes up, uh, let me give you a few announcements. Next Sunday, now this might change, but we're going to need some help. After 15 years, we're finally getting the floor done downstairs. Yeah, um, but we need to clear it off. Uh, there's, um, there's chairs and tables and stuff, uh, and so it's, we're just going to need some help getting everything in the other side rooms, up on the stage. That um, check-in table is on wheels, but we need to like probably put that on top of the stage, as you know, folding tables, all that kind of stuff, and then the the carpet remnants are going away. In fact, I can tell you where they're going. They're going in the dumpster. And so we may need to cut them up, get them put in the dumpster as well. So uh, it's going to be a um, epoxied floor uh, with that, you know, this, the speckles and stuff. I can't remember the name of the color. What was it? California something. I don't know what it is. But it's that speckling stuff, kind of like a garage, hard floor. Uh, but it's, it's, it's overdue. So... Um, I'll be confirming this week, but if, if somebody can hang around and help us move stuff up off the floor next Sunday, that would be really appreciated. Um, the next thing I mentioned uh, last week, o Old Testament Live, there are flyers, there are cards available back at guest services. Uh, I signed Trish and I up uh, for, for that as well. Remember, if family, it's Two people is 40, but if you have kids and everything, it is 40 for the whole family as well. So hope you can join us. That's March 18th, I believe. Uh, Lenten gatherings. We had our first Lenten gathering last Wednesday. So we can cross that one off. Uh, and so the next one will be on March 1st, this Wednesday, at St. Paul's Community Church. By the way, all of these are 7 p.m. Okay, I should have put that time on this but all of them are 7 p.m. Uh, and St. Paul's Community Church, if you go out to the main road here, turn right past Couples Corner, it's about three miles. They have a really bright electric sign. It's one of those animated ones. You cannot miss it. Uh, and uh, it's bright. And so that's St. Paul's Church. Uh, if you're familiar with where I live, it's right before there. We can almost walk there. Uh, as well. So um, that'll be 7 p.m. on the 1st. On the 8th, we're here. Now, do you all know where here is? Okay, so we're here, and again, it's 7 p.m. Uh, as well. And this is, there's more of these cards back, back there. So I uh, hope you could join us for that. Uh, we also have Life Group also continuing on Tuesday night. We're going to be in Romans 6. No, yes, we're going to be actually in Romans 6. Um, kids camp. Yay, kids camp. Uh, it, formerly, no, formerly Zion Summer Camp is now Penn West Kids Camp. There's a lot of uh, uh, churches involved. It is ready, set, move. Follow Jesus here, there, and everywhere. Uh, kids entering the third through sixth grade. And they've kept the cost $99 for a whole week of camp. That's food. That's uh, all their games and supplies and everything. PennWestKidsCamp.com is the registration. And uh, you sh I think they sent, even mailed some flyers to uh, people with kids, uh, grandkids and so forth. I haven't heard anything yet 
uh, about donations, because we normally are involved with that. We'll, we'll get there, but again, it's not until July 16th through the 21st, but wanted you to be aware of that. If you have neighbor kids, uh, others around that you want them to go, uh, grab one of these cards for them. Um, and then one other announcement for today, mentioned last week, and it is, it'll, it'll be today in about 10 minutes, we're going to pray for our students, junior high and high school students. We're just seeking God's direction, his face, uh, how we can minister to those uh, high school and junior high students that are connected to Zion in some way. So we're just going to meet down here in front. We'll look at uh, Deuteronomy 6, starting at verse 4. Hear, O Israel, uh, the Lord is one. Teach these things to your children uh, that they might uh, learn to worship him. So that's kind of going to be our base for that prayer. I don't how long, however long it takes us, we will uh, we will be praying for them, and let's continue. Where where is he? There he is.